And welcome in, everybody, to Off of the Helmets, courtesy of DSP Media Productions. I'm Brady Tinker. Good Wednesday to you as the holidays are rounding into shape for both your football team and hopefully you and all of us. Uh, hopefully lots of loved ones come into town. Uh, you've got enough money set aside to buy at least a few gifts for your family. Things are a little bit tighter. COVID didn't help any of us, but um, we got the Cowboys to lean on. And I'm not supposed to be a fan because I'm from Kansas City, so I'm doing fine there too. But this has been fun to watch. I can't wait to keep doing Off of the Helmets with you, courtesy of our friends at DSP Media. Find us all over the place at DSP Media Productions. We've got something like 24 different podcasts. There's a Fantasy Football Now podcast I'll be doing later on this afternoon with Jeff Thidoff out of Ohio. He is a fantasy guru. So if you haven't found Fantasy Football Now, please find that as well. But for today, it's Off of the Helmets. It's the 9-3 and three Dallas Cowboys. It's courtesy of DSP Media. And the number one topic and probably the number two and 2A topic will be the Cowboys, and Odell Beckham Jr. From gotta have him to really want him to might he be overpriced and might this whole thing be becoming a nuisance, especially if he's not ready to play at all this year. Let's talk about all that next on Off of the Helmets, courtesy of DSP Media Productions. November 13th. The Cowboys coughed up a big lead in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers did it to us again. Not really. But the Cowboys cough up a win, a sure win, something they haven't done with that type of failure in the last couple of years under Mike McCarthy, winning a lot of games. And I panicked. Uh, you panicked. We pulled out the old same old fucking Cowboys. For the last 26 years, we've been watching this shit. A good win. And then a win you got, and you cough it up. And now here comes Minnesota, and we'll certainly lose to them, but then we'll buy. None of that stuff was true. Yes, they coughed up a lead. Yes, it hurt. And yes, it may have been absolutely perfectly timed. Because what we didn't like about the Green Bay game was several things. One, jumped out and got a lead and gave it up late. And we hate Green Bay, and we hate what Aaron Rodgers has done to the Cowboys through the years, and we just hate Aaron Rodgers, period, and his whole man bun. But CD didn't look good in that game again. If he routes, drifting to certain spots, not crossing in front of the safety. Dalton Schultz then did the same thing. Dak's not on the same page with his receivers. The defense, which maybe thinks it's better than it is, coughs up a lead. There were so many things there that we didn't like. Complacency on the defense. But the next week, the Cowboys went to Minnesota, certainly a team that must be better than ours because their record's a lot better, and put a 40-3 to whipping on Minnesota and addressed a few things. Had been having trouble stopping the run. Dalvin Cook effectively shut down. Justin Jefferson, the best wide receiver in football, virtually completely shut down. 40-3. to three. Minnesota and that offense scored three points in their own building, inside at home against the Dallas Cowboys defense. Feeling that right there. But they'll fuck it up because the Giants are coming here in four days on Thanksgiving, and this is what the Cowboys the last 26 years do. I will give myself credit. I've been yelling at all of you. This isn't the same. Last year, or the year before, or the 24 before that, do not have to do, and rarely do they have anything to do with the next year. Rosters turn, coaches come and go, players get old, new players come in, you have a draft. The shit isn't, isn't related. But if you're a fan and a long-suffering media person as well, maybe they are related. Maybe this just team just is what it is. And because of Jerry Jones, you got three Super Bowls, but also because of Jerry Jones, you won't win another one until he passes. All of that side stuff needs to be set aside because you won 40-3 to at Minnesota. 
you followed it up four days later at home on Thanksgiving with a resounding 28 to 20 win. And if you don't remember, it wasn't that close. And also, you shut down Saquon Barkley. So that's Dalvin Cook and now Saquon Barkley addressing an issue, aren't we? Addressing an issue in the middle with some stunts and some people being out of position. Addressing an issue that was on the edges where the defensive ends were getting shoved in a little bit. The crack fill issue that Mike McCarthy said the Cowboys had where an end gets pushed inside a little bit on a crack back block by a wide receiver, most likely, and up is supposed to come a cornerback who's supposed to be a willing, aggressive tackler, only they kind of weren't. They seem to have fixed it. Shut down Dalvin Cook, shut down Saquon Barkley, now you're feeling better. Last week, 54-19 to against Indianapolis. Not perfect. Pretty average in the first half again, and there is a little asterisk by these three wins for the most part, and by several wins this year, and that is sort of slow starts. But other than that, 54 to 19 win over Indianapolis, your third straight win. And what's happened in these three weeks, because we got to get to Odell Beckham, is we've gone from November 13th and a gag loss to Green Bay saying, got to get him here. No doubt you got to get him here. CD is not growing up. He's not embracing the role as number one. Maybe he shouldn't even be wearing the 88 that he didn't want to wear. He's not learning. He's not getting better. Maybe he's not coachable to... 100-yard game, 100-yard game. All of a sudden, he's in the right spots. The offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, is putting him in motion tons. I don't know what took so long. We would never do this with Des Bryant. That may be a different story. But now CD's in motion. Now you can't get your hands on this small-ish, thin, wide receiver and throw off all the timing between he and Dak because he's always moving around. Excellent. And duh. And then Michael Gallup puts his foot in the ground in the Giants game and even better in the Indianapolis game and gets this team started. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That is the Michael Gallup we used to know. So the ACL is finally feeling better. There's some explosion, Michael Gallup. Wait, CD's getting better. Listening to his uh, quarterback, uh, the offensive coordinator is pulling his head out of his ass and getting CD on the move. Gallup's got some explosion. James Washington's coming back. Uh, The tight end, Dalton Schultz, looked really, really hurt in week five, six, and seven. Now he looks like he's completely over it, which was an ACL something. Good for him, playing through these things. And by the way, give him credit, blocking better. So since November 13th, you've won three games in a row. But this offense also looks, I don't know, statistically it is almost completely different. Overall, this Dallas Cowboys offense is now 11th. That is in every metric you can come by, effectiveness, uh, um, um getting things done on time, et cetera, et cetera. Not just total offense or total yards or touchdowns or anything like that. They've been ranked higher than that for a while. But total offense, this team is now ranked 11th. And the arrow was pointed straight the hell up, right? With five games left to go, don't we all feel like it's finally getting there that we see Dak Prescott, who doesn't seem to be looking down at his leg anymore, who doesn't seem to be worried about getting flushed out of the pocket or running or putting a shoulder into somebody. That wasn't the guy we saw five or six weeks ago, but he's now here. The offensive coordinator is sort of doing a better job. Mike McCarthy has had a major effect on this offense back to the point when Dak got hurt in week one, and that is we are going to be a defense first team and we are going to run the damn football, which you and I wondered about because the offensive line was kind of patchwork. Right? Do we really believe in Terrence Steele? Are we really putting the, the rookie who has penalty after penalty in college out at left tackle? Yes, we did all that. Connor McGovern's really okay? Yes. The answer was yes. The answer is a lot more zone blocking, a lot more effective running. Last year, 
leading over into this year. Mike McCarthy did a fantastic job. Kellen Moore did what he was told, and this thing got better so you wouldn't lose games. But once Dak got back, if you're really who you want to be, then it has to get better so that when the Cowboys need to score points, when they need to get off to a fast start, when they need to come from behind, they can do it. And this thing is incrementally getting better. So number 11 overall in offense. Guess what number in defense? Number one, the most efficient, the most talented, uh, the deepest, the fastest, and the probably the best schemed defense in the NFL is the Dallas Cowboys. And Diggs' interceptions and the team's interceptions and turnovers are down from last year because it was a massive number and that stuff always has some sort of correction. But the sacks are about the same. And the ability to be where you're supposed to be and plug every hole and make things difficult, especially in the passing game for the Cowboys, is 100% thumbs up. Issues at cornerback, and we will get to that. Back to CD. The point is, November 13th, they choked against Green Bay, and all of us, including me, said, get Odell Beckham Jr. CD's not it. He'll be fine as a two. Gallup will eventually get it feeling better. Maybe Washington, maybe this. But the bottom line is, it's not if, it's only when you get Odell Beckham Jr. And it's not, wouldn't it be nice? It's he needs to be here. This team, if it's going to make a run through the playoffs, needs Odell Beckham Jr. Three weeks later, this thing's gotten old for everybody. Every player on the offense, every primary or, or big-time player on the entire team and every person on the coaching staff daily has to answer questions on Odell Beckham Jr. daily. And very quietly, if you're not paying too close of attention, what's happened is Odell's been to Buffalo. Then he's been to New York. So Buffalo to see the Bills, New York to see his old team, the Giants. And he comes to Dallas. And he's in Dallas. And they take him to the Mavs game. And everybody at the Mavs game chants, OBJ, OBJ. And he's like, oh, shucks, you guys. Oh, shucks. He has meetings with the Cowboys. The Cowboys certainly played hardball with him a little bit. There have been people who said, hey, Jerry came out and said they didn't love his medicals and that's going to hurt his ability to sign somewhere else. First of all, he went to Buffalo first. He went to New York second. Everyone already knows what they know and everybody's already made their own decisions. And nobody in New York and Buffalo are saying, Jerry Jones says this, so that totally affects how we're going to negotiate with Odell. That's wrong. So that came out of the New York press and that needed to be uh, corrected. That's not right. But Odell came. Odell stayed virtually two days. He was wined and dined, taken to dinner, taken to a Mavs game. Uh, the Mavs beat the Suns. Great. He got to see Luka Doncic. Great. Uh, he got to exchange jerseys with players in the runway. Okay, good. All the things that players like to do. Lots of Odell. Lots of red carpet. And you know what? No workouts. No Odell running routes. No Odell saying, I'm the one. You know I'm the one because I did this last year and I'm going to show you. He's not showing anybody. And if you read between the lines, it sounds, as I sit here on December 7th at roughly 2.15 p.m., like Odell Jr. is, Odell Beckham Jr. is saying to the Cowboys, probably not going to play any regular season games. So we're not in that big a hurry. I anticipate that I will be able, or I might be able, to join y'all in the playoffs. Now you can hear the brake pads pushing a little bit from Jerry Jones and Steven. I don't think Steven, my, my opinion, I don't think Steven wants any part of this anyway. Because for two more years at roughly 20 million, probably a number around 30 million guaranteed, that's a big number. And you're getting ready to need to extend digs and you're getting ready to, to need to extend 
C.D. Lamb. You've probably got eight to ten players, mostly on the defensive side of the ball, who will be free agents who have been good players for you that you'd like to at least get back for one more year. So while there is every year, this is a good team. So you do have to save your money. It does matter what you do. And four weeks ago, fucking A, get Odell Beckham. Four weeks later, no workouts, lots of talking, everybody answering the same damn questions. And clearly there is doubt as to whether or not Odell Beckham Jr. will be ready to play football at all this season. If that is the case, I sense the Cowboys backing up. And I feel like the Giants will be the team that will swoop in and go to Odell. And that might bother you, but don't let it. He's probably more perfect for them than he is for the Cowboys at this point because they don't need him to play this year. As a matter of fact, that they sign him, I'm, they will most likely say, don't worry about it. We'll put you on IR. You're out for the year. You come to our facility and work out with our people. And in training camp next year, you'll be there. And we'll sign you for the rest of this year for whatever and two more years. And maybe they'll go to $35 million guaranteed, and he helps Daniel Jones. You and I don't give a shit. But that is what makes the most sense to me right now. And signing Odell Beckham Jr. so that guys like me go in the locker room every single day and ask everybody else, how's OBJ look? What do you think? How exciting is it going to be when he gets back on the field? Dak Prescott already started a week and a half ago saying, I've answered these questions. I'd love to have him. The room would love to have him. The team would love to have him. You always want that type of, of generational damn near talent on your football team. Absolutely. We want him. We Everybody recruited him. Enough's enough. And I think that's what Dak is saying. And that's what I'm saying. The Cowboys are going to say here in the next couple of days. Enough's enough. We don't know for certain or even to a certainty of over 50% that you will be a participating member of the Dallas Cowboys come playoffs. And you haven't learned this offense and you haven't spent any time with this quarterback and you haven't been in this building yet and you've got lots to do. Now, maybe you're a veteran and it goes like that. Amari Cooper came in here after, what, three or four years in the league and hit the ground running with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Maybe that's what happens, but it doesn't always happen. So in my opinion, as we sit here now, if you don't feel better than I think the Cowboys feel about Odell Beckham Jr. and how he feels playing this year for a game or two at the end of the season, the two games in January, right? I'd love to see him play the two games in January and be up and running so that we know he's already tested that knee now. He's been tackled. He's been hit. Um, you know, he has because because it doesn't come overnight, right? Uh, this is his second ACL in 20 months. It doesn't come overnight that you get out on the field with other professionals and huge men that are tackling you or they're flying around your legs and you feel 100%. It doesn't come overnight that you learn this offense, which is actually continuing to evolve and change and get better daily. So everyone that's here, including James Washington, knows this offense, offense backwards and forwards. Odell Beckham Jr. does not. So it does matter when he gets here. It does matter when he signs. It does matter how much work he does. It does matter when he eventually gets on the field and plays football for the Dallas Cowboys. And at this point, that date and that number seems to be getting farther and farther away. And the number to pay him seems to be getting bigger and bigger. Let him be a New York Giant. This team doesn't have to have him anymore. And if he's not going to play... And he's going to be here. To be honest with you, it could be a slight negative. It just could. 
Guys like me do the same shit all the time. We ask the same questions. We ask the questions that we know the answers to a lot of time. We ask the questions that you want to hear. We get the quotes that you want to get. We put them in the newspaper. We put them on social media. We tweet them out to you. Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. Check out these DSP Media. We're all over YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. All the shit that I don't even know about. We're all of those places. And you know what you need for that? Content. So I need to continue to ask questions, even if they're redundant, repetitive, stupid. It doesn't make any difference. You guys want it. it we're in the age of more, more. So what am I going to do? I'm going to ask every day. Hey, how's Odell progressing? Think he might play that last game? Think he might play the next last game? Uh, tell me the truth. You think he's never going to play? This team doesn't need that. Four weeks ago, I thought they needed it because I thought he was going to play. Right now, I don't think this team needs that. And I think they are very quietly backing away. When you hear Steven say, every great deal, both sides give a little. It hurts a little bit. It's a little bit painful. Jerry said two and a half weeks ago, this decision, if I make it on Odell, I'm going to be uncomfortable. And what he was already saying then was, not sure he's going to play. And I'm not sure I'm giving a guy with two straight ACL injuries $30 million guaranteed over the next two years when I got a lot of really good players here that also need to be paid. It has continued down that road. So I may post this and you guys may watch it for the next two or three days and Odell's actually at the star and this is all flipped and he's definitely planning on playing at least one of those games in January and I'm an idiot, but I'm around and I'm listening and I'm plugged in and I'm talking to people inside and outside of that building and this is what I feel is the situation as we sit here now. We've gone from four weeks ago, oh my God, we got to have him pay him whatever the fuck he wants to, he may not even play. Is that a number you want on your salary cap when you have what is a good team? I'll give you a stat that you may not have heard that you'll be happy with. When the Cowboys win, I mean, they won nine. When they win their 10th game against Houston on Sunday, it will be the first time since 1995-96 that this team has back-to-back double-digit win seasons. I heard that. I was like, no way. There's no way Romo teams didn't have a 13 and a 12 or a 10 and a, and a 12. There's no way. It's the truth. Here's another truth. This Cowboys offense, I already told you this, has gotten up to number 11 overall. Its efficiency is getting better and better and better. It has to do with the quarterback. It has to do with health. And here comes Tyron Smith in the next couple of weeks. And... Rookie Smith will go into left guard and Jason Peters will bounce out and play some left tackle. So the whole left side is back to being road grader status pretty soon. And then there's a Hall of Famer already at right guard. This thing is in terms of being able to run the football and control the tempo of the clock and give Dak Prescott exactly what every quarterback in the NFL wants. And that is a fantastic fucking running game. So the play action works and all of a sudden people are coming this way and you can throw it that way. I mean, it's it's it's, it's the oldest Ism in the book in football. Run the damn football effectively, wear people out, control the pace of the game, and then the passing game isn't so dangerous and isn't so difficult. It's something that's wonderful and can be efficient, and the Cowboys are getting there. So that's, I'm done with Odell. Can he play? Will he play? When will he play? And how much will he cost? Have all of a sudden now, as we sit here on the 7th of December, become too much? I think the Cowboys are out. I think the Giants will probably be in. Up next... Don't really talk, need to talk that much about Houston, do we? But Houston and Jacksonville are up next. If you win those two, that will get you to an 11 and three. In Houston, in this game coming up on Sunday at noon, Cowboys 
through the years have started a little slow on noon games at home at AT&T Stadium. Cowboys this season and even last week have started a little bit slowly. So there are some things to do in the Houston game. One, get out fast and confident. So whatever that means, why does this team start slow? Does every team in the NFL, for the most part, start slow in games because you're poking and prodding a little bit and you're seeing what the other team has been watching on film and what they're most prepared for? That's probably the answer. But there are teams in the NFL, especially Buffalo and some of the other more successful teams that start out fast. And I think fast starts are certainly much more important and sometimes underrated when you look at 54-14. You're like, it doesn't make any difference. It'll make a difference. When you start playing really good teams every single week in the playoffs, it'll make a difference. So on Sunday against Houston at noon, get out fast. Let's start addressing slow starts. Let's see some more of Malik Davis. You're like, Malik Davis. Yes. More Malik Davis means less Zeke, less Pollard, less wear and tear. Let's start measuring every opportunity we get to get some of the biggest, most important names on, on this team off the field as soon as possible. Let's start kicking the shit out of people in the first half. I'll be able to tell you, hey, bet the line early. They're coming out hot, right? Take the Cowboys in the first half. Okay, the first half total on the Cowboys. That's what you want me saying. More Malik Davis. By the way, 4.4 yards of carry and a touchdown as Malik Davis that you've never heard of in your life and pretty damn good when given the opportunity. He absolutely has. Does it feel nice to have running back depth, not at one and two, but at three, it absolutely does. How about more James Washington? We're going to see that. Mike McCarthy told us this week, you're going to see more James Washington. He physically is looking, he, he's a, he's a physical specimen. He's not tall, but he's really strong. And he is good at running deep routes along the sideline because he is strong. A lot of guys get nudged towards the sideline. They lose their position. James Washington is physically stout. It'll be nice to see Dak Prescott throw some balls on either sideline deep to him if the safety's not getting over there. Take some shots. Back some people up. We've been talking about this all year as well. James Washington is a great candidate for that, as is a now healthy, it looks, um, Michael Gallup. How about more Noah Brown? Was Noah Brown for about a four-game stretch there not heroic along with Cooper Cup? He was. More Noah Brown. More depth. More people on the football field that know exactly what they're doing on offense. More effectiveness. Even if Noah Brown is a one- or two-catch game guy, I want more Noah Brown because he runs the routes, he gets his numbers squared where the quarterback sees him, and he gives Dak somebody to throw the football to, and I freaking love Noah Brown. More Jalen Tolbert. Because one of the things we need to do is make sure that he can look down the line and be on sides. That would be good. And the other thing is, and I told you this, and you haven't seen much of him, but Jalen Tolbert to watch seven on seven or in Oxnard, when it's 71 degrees and I'm having a great day watching, has great hips, great feet, gets his feet in the ground, and there is an upside to Jalen Tolbert. There is. So when it works... Jalen Tolbert on the football field. Let's throw him some passes. If for no other reason, then you used a relatively early draft pick on him, and I want other people at least having to take time in the cornerback room to say, what plays does Jalen Tolbert run, just in case? Okay? You want them to take that time. Tyler Smith is going to play more left guard in the next couple of weeks, and they're going to move Jason Peters to left tackle intermittently. And that is because they want Tyler Smith when Tyron Smith gets back to move inside to left guard. It's not a massive thing. He played some of it early this season. He played it in college. He can do it, but he's been playing left tackle. So more Tyler Smith at left guard because that's where he's going when Tyron Smith comes back, I'll say, in three weeks. So not the Houston game, not the Jacksonville game, but the Philadelphia game. Ooh, 
I just came up with something juicy. Doesn't that sound good? The Philadelphia game, when those assholes come to town and their asshole coach comes to town on December 24th, Tyron Smith will be back at left tackle. That titillates me. It absolutely does. Who's playing cornerback? Jordan Lewis is out. We know that. We sort of figured that out. Anthony Brown is now out. So we know about Duran Bland, and he had two interceptions last week. They love Duran Bland at camp. Uh, he's continued to get better, and I think Duran Bland is a player. He's also very young. Kelvin Joseph has been on the field some. He and Nashawn Wright got drafted right behind each other roughly three or four years ago now. Neither one of them have done hardly anything. Kelvin Joseph had some off-season issues and looks to me like a guy who lacks a little bit of confidence. When I watch him, he can run. He's pretty big. I believe he can cover. But is he emotionally and mentally there? Is he ready to step in and play 35 or 40 plays? I don't know. And I don't know if the coaching staff knows that. Nashawn Wright mostly is tall and skinny. Israel uh, Mukwama has been fantastic on special teams and is a guy that this Cowboys team has liked for a long time. And he's listed as a safety. And when he plays some plays in some of these games, it's always at safety. But he played cornerback at South Carolina and he is a guy, an athlete, a player and a person that Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn like and they have some trust for. So don't be surprised to see Israel Mukwama. I'm sorry, Mukwama, Israel Mukwama, play some football, especially this weekend against the Houston Texans at the cornerback position. Kendall Sheffield was signed in October. You may or may not know this. He was around Dan Quinn in Atlanta, so that's one of the things that they knew. They knew certain things about Kendall Sheffield, so he's a name you might hear. And just the other day, Mackenzie Alexander, a former second-round pick by the Minnesota Vikings, who is now 29 years old, was added as well. So they're looking for bodies. They've got bodies. The other thing you probably think, and you're probably right, is Curse, Hooker, and Donovan Wilson are interchangeable enough that if they get in certain situations where they end up playing unofficially, officially cornerback, Nobody's worried about that either. And then there's a young man named Marquise Bell who came out of Florida A&M, who when we were in California early, Mike McCarthy was gushing about Florida A&M's Marquise Bell, a cornerback. He was undrafted, and he literally jumped out to all of us in the first two or three weeks of camp and made this football team. I don't believe he's been active yet this year, but that's another cornerback secondary name. So there's enough bodies, and it's really probably well-timed that the Cowboys are going to play the Texans. Okay, Brandon Cooks is not easy to cover if he plays. Nico Collins is pretty good. Uh, Mills likes to throw the ball around, and they'll be behind. So stick them out there. It's still back to the point. Let's get off to a good start. Let's get some of these guys out there, and let's get something out of this Houston game other than a victory. Let's get a victory, but let's get some things done. Houston will have Davis Mills throwing the football. He's back this week, 61%, 11 touchdowns, 11 picks. 28 sacks against in 10 games, so roughly three a game, and he throws an interception every game. I I like the young man and really was kind of rooting for Houston this year to be better, mostly from my fantasy football perspective because I thought with Damian Pierce and uh, Cooks and tight end Jordan Akins and Nico Collins, this could be an interesting team always coming from behind, putting up some numbers, and they just haven't. They've been awful. They are 1-10-1. Davis Mills is back. That doesn't mean much. He can't run. The Cowboys will get him. It's probably five or six more sacks. Damian Pierce is a challenge, and you've met the challenge three weeks in a row with really good running backs, right? Cooks, uh, Barkley, and Jonathan Taylor. Check, check, check. Stepped up 
when you were pushed around in the Green Bay game. So excellent. Damian Pierce has had two games over 100 yards and four or five games in the 90s for a team that probably doesn't run it very much because they're always behind. He's a good player. Out of the University of Florida, 4.35 yards a carry. I think only three touchdowns uh, rushing. He is a very good catcher of the football as well. He's caught 30 balls. So Damian Pierce will be good work, good exercise, uh, good reps. Uh, they need to be badass with Damian Pierce. They need to get together and say, just like the last three running backs and even more so, Damian Pierce gets nothing. He gets nothing. Crack and fill, whatever we got to do. Everyone stays home. Everyone stays in their gaps. Assignments, assignments, assignments. And the Houston Texans score six. That's how many they get. That's the mindset that I hope you get from this Cowboys football team come Sunday at noon. So it's Houston in AT&T Stadium at noon. Let's get past slow starts. Let's get past noon games and sluggish Cowboys teams because you're in the midst of something that could be more special than anything that's happened here since 1995. It's a long time. It's a long time for you. It's a long time for me. It's a long time for the Cowboys. They hear about it every year. Jerry hears about it nonstop. Steven, et cetera, et cetera. Can't, won't, shouldn't, et cetera. Let's talk about Jimmy. Let's, uh, it, it, it's been beat to death. And the truth is what you have in front of you, and it started last year, is a really good football team. The other thing you have is a Green Bay team that's out. A Tampa Bay team that's probably going to be in because nobody else in the NFC South is worth a shit. So six and six has them firmly planted to the top. But I'm not worried about Tampa. I'm really not. I'm worried about Philadelphia, and we'll see how that looks on December 24th. And I'm worried about San Francisco, who lost their quarterback. Other than that, Minnesota, what, whatever, whatever, I'm not worried about it. The truth is, if this team plays well and plays close to its maximum potential for the rest of this season and then come playoffs, they'll be favored to win almost every game they line up to play. Houston this week, at Jacksonville, and then Philadelphia on 12-24 for Christmas Eve. The Jacksonville game we'll talk about next week, and we'll talk about actually probably on Friday. I'll do another one of these on Friday uh, at two o'clock for you as well to give you updates. And maybe we'll know about Odell Beckham by then. Jacksonville game will be a stay awake. Pretty good coach, burgeoning quarterback, two or three wide receivers that are pretty good, a really good running back, and a team that if you stuck your head in the sand a little bit, Jacksonville could beat you. And that's what, that, that can't happen. So between here and Philadelphia, it needs to be two more wins. You need to be 11 and three. Philadelphia needs to come to the town, man. Maybe they've suffered a loss. Philadelphia's got some teams in front of them in the next couple of weeks that they could lose to. If they've suffered a loss and the Cowboys have a chance to get even in the loss column and flat even in the NFC East with the Eagles on the 24th, that would be unbelievably exciting. Lots to do. Um, sorry about the update on Odell if it's not what you wanted to hear. I, I think this Cowboy team is shuffling backwards from Odell because they don't know with any amount of certainty that he will be ready to play football last game of the regular season, and then through however long the playoffs take the Cowboys. If they don't know that, they cannot give that man coming off two ACLs, 30 or $40 million guaranteed for the next couple of years. They're not the right team. That's not the right fit. And this Cowboys team isn't a flash in the pan. They were good last year. They're better this year, and they're going to continue to be good for a long time. So congratulations to all of us. I'm happy to cover it, and you're happy to root for it. I'm Brady Tinker for Off the Helmets and DSP Media. I'll see you on Friday at 2 p.m., Enjoy your weekend, and please, it's the holidays. Be kind. Be kind. Be kind to everybody. There's not enough of that. I'm sick of this shit. Be good to each other. God damn it. I'll see you on Friday.